0: Well, we want to welcome each of you here this morning and to our campuses as well, those on the west side of Green Bay and Stevens Point and then down in the cafe. It's good to gather together as a church, as a family, and just celebrate what God is doing. We're excited this morning. We have a special speaker that's that's here. Uh, Pastor Mark is suffering for Jesus in Bermuda. Uh, Don't anybody feel upset for him? Uh, I don't. When I step outside and I see that cold weather and I feel the cold, I Well, I'd be sinning if I said I envy, so I won't say I envy, but I do envy, right? (laughs) He's having a good time there, an opportunity to be ministering to different people there through the focus on the family folks, so it's been a a wonderful time, and we're excited to have him return again on Monday. But it's great to be here this morning and all of the campuses and welcoming them. But this morning, we have a special guest star, guest star, guest speaker, a little bit of both, I would say, Right? And uh, it's going to be great to have him come. He's spoken here before, and he's been a part of the Manly Man Conference that I'm sure many of you men were a part of. But it's good this morning to have and invite and welcome the Reverend, the Reverend, Jimmy Bratcher.
1: Good morning. Hey, y'all. All y'all, I'm glad to be here this morning and uh, yeah, I don't feel sorry for Mark at all and uh, to Phil and Bob and all you at the West Campus hello for those of you at Stevens Point. Hey, one of these days maybe they'll let me come hang out with you guys too so but uh, but anyway, I'm happy to be here this morning. Sherry is at home in Kansas City and she sends her greeting and love. And uh, we're just glad to, to get to, anytime we get to come up here and hang out with y'all, we're coming. So I think I think we're actually scheduled to be back in February. Mark likes to torture me and bring me up here in February. And, uh, and so we're looking forward to any opportunity that we have to come and just be with y'all because we think y'all are just fine. So turn to your neighbor and say, you're just fine. They got my slide up there. You like my slide? I like it. The guy's tie there, it's got a, It's got my my new favorite phrase on it. It says on his tie, you can't read it. It says ain't scared. Ain't scared. Cuz we're living in a time of an epidemic of fear in our country and in our churches. And we need to be those people that ain't scared. So turn to your neighbor and say, I ain't scared. Fish won't bite and I don't care. I'm still going to sit right here. If I wait for tomorrow, it might not come. So I'll do my living for days done. Time don't waste when you don't care. And there's never enough don't put it off you clap oh i can't afford to procrastinate if i wait for tomorrow it'll be too late so don't sell me no green bananas don't sell me no no green bananas no no now you clap if you keep time It's a little insane and a little profound And it all depends on your part of town In a hospital room where one is born Oh, another one be laying down, laying down The young man lives like it don't matter It's a hard-pressed hook and ladder This world's on fire and I'm getting out Tomorrow may not matter So don't sell me no green bananas Don't sell me no, no green bananas No, no This song's about a friend of mine's daddy That lives down in South Louisiana. In September, he celebrated his 99th birthday. And last week, he went to heaven. That's all right. He had this saying, though. Don't sell me no green bananas, because he wasn't planning on putting off living any day other than today. Because this is the day the Lord has made. We ought to be glad and rejoice in it. Come on now, we ain't got but one shot at this day, so we got to choose if we're going to be happy or not. Water boiling in the pot. Three minute eggs take way too long.
0: If I ain't
1: here when breakfast is done, well, it means that I've already gone. Mashed potatoes hurt my and I ain't as old as I used to be, no, no Just one more step towards the door and i hit eternity So
0: don't sell me no green bananas Don't sell me no, no
1: green bananas, no, no Thank you. My friend's daddy went to heaven last week at 99 years old. That's a great testimony. I plan on being at least 99. Come on now. I want to live long enough to give my children all kinds of grief. And I want to be old enough that when I talk, I don't care what I have to say. I just say it anyway, you know, because that's when life gets fun is when you really just you know, you know some stuff. You know, you've lived some stuff, and things are great. But really, right now, I mean, I'm I'm like all about Christmas. I can't. You might say that's premature, but I'm sorry. I mean, my biggest month of the year, the most active month that we have, is the month of December because of my Christmas CD. Because we we leave on tour the day after Thanksgiving and we're gone until Christmas Eve, and uh, and I just love it. You know I love all that stuff. So I wrote this song, and it it it's like everything that I could think of that has anything to do with Christmas. I put it in a song, and uh, there, we just got a video done. It's on our website. You can go to the website and look at the video. It's a fantastic video. But the song goes like this: Snow is flying, man, it's cold. It's in the air everywhere I go. It's a crazy time of the year, man. It's Christmas family's coming from out of town mama's cooking so look out now it's the best time of the year man it's christmas presents mangers and mistletoe stocking trees and lights that glow turkey dressing and all that stuff i know for sure i'm gonna eat too much mary jesus and three wise men Joseph, angels in Bethlehem. Come on, let's celebrate. Man, it's Christmas. I said, man, it's Christmas. I said, it's Christmas, daddy-o. Man, it's Christmas. Merry Christmas, everybody. All right. Sorry, you might say, well, it's too early to be thinking about Christmas. No, it's not. Uh, You should be thinking about Christmas all the time because you are a Christian. Grab your Bibles and turn to Acts chapter 4. And uh, we do have some stuff out that we brought with us, and I think there's some at the West Campus and some other campuses and wherever campus you're at. But uh, we do have a new t-shirt of the Electric Rev, and I'm just so happy about this because it... This is a funky shirt, and it's like wearing an old pair of jeans, you know. So so we do have that stuff. And then have some of the Christmas CD out there. If we run out of these, you can just order them, and I'll send them to you. It won't charge you shipping. The new CD, we finally got this finished. I'm really happy about this because this week uh, we started a radio campaign nationally for secular blues radio. And uh, this week we had over 110 radio stations add that to add a song from the Electric Rev to... Uh, to their playlist, so that means millions of people are going to hear the message that's contained in that, and that's what we're all about, that makes me happy. Our book is out there, Don't Take Your Dreams to the Grave, and some other stuff, everybody say stuff, because all God's children need some, there you go, Acts chapter four, let me, Our Acts chapter two, actually, did I say two? I did say two, didn't I? Did I say two? I'm saying two now, all right? How about that? Well, today I want to talk to you about something that's very near and dear to my heart. I want to talk to you about your house. Everybody say my house. Because your house is a cool place. Say that. My house is a cool place. Your house is happening. Your house is where all kinds of great things can go on. And all kinds of funky things can go on too. But nevertheless, that's where you're at. That's where you live. And where you are is where God wants to do some great things. Say, my house? Great things. God wants to do some great things at your house. I mean, do you believe that? I mean, think about it. You're just hanging out there. You know, I, I, I usually start this message like this. Today, I'm going to say something that you probably never heard another preacher say on Sunday morning. I got your attention, huh? Today, I wish we weren't in church. You say, what? That's right, I wish we weren't in church. I wish we were hanging out at your house. Just kick back, laying back in the lazy boy with the scepter of dominion, eating Cheetos, the crunchy kind, because I don't like those puffy kind, those are for girls. And uh, just hanging out there at your house, because then we would get to hang with the real you. Because I've discovered that there's this piece of property that surrounds every church. And more miraculous miracles of transformation happen there than any other place on the planet. It's someplace between where you parked your car and the front door. I call it the zone. And more miraculous miracles of transformation take place there than any other place on the planet. You know, because Sherry and I, man, we used, to, we, we used to feel the effect of the zone all the time in our life. You know, we'd be driving to church, we'd be fussing and fighting in the front seat. I'd have one hand on the wheel, the other arm in the back seat, doing a Big Daddy smackdown on the kids. And it's just crazy and chaotic, and then we'd step out onto the zone, and before we got to the front door of the church, super Christian has appeared. The first greeter grabs our hands, how you doing, brother? Oh, bless God, I'm highly favored and anointed of God, hallelujah. You know, not thinking that 10 seconds ago I was screaming at my wife, you know. So today I wish that we just didn't have to cut through all that stuff. we take off all our masks, all our costumes, and we just hanging out at your house, chilling. Because then we could really be ourselves and we'd have a great time. So today I want to talk to you about your house. Say my house. Acts chapter 239 is my text today. It says this. For the promise is to you and to your children and to all who are far off, as many as the Lord our God shall call. Now, the promise the writer here is talking about in the book of Acts is the promise of the Holy Spirit. And Jesus said it like this. Look, over in Mark 16, he said, look, it's to your advantage if I go back to heaven, back to the Father. Because when I go back, he's going to send the helper to you. And man, I tell you what. You know, I'm 54 years old, and I've been living this life, and when it comes down to needing help, I'm like head of the line. Hook me up. I need some help. And so this promise that God's talking about here is the Holy Spirit, and he's promising it to your children, to to you, to all who are far off. The promise is just defined as the divine assurance of good. The Holy Spirit, if you look that up right there in that verse in your Strong's Concordance today, you'll just find that it means the divine assurance of good. God has a good plan for you, and it's wrapped up in the person of the Holy Spirit. And he wants us as individuals to have a relationship with the Holy Spirit. And the reason why he wants us to have a relationship with the Holy Spirit is because he knows that we need the help. He knows that we need the help. And I don't know about you, but I learned when I came to Jesus, I learned this much. I knew two things when I came to Jesus. Number one, I knew Jesus had invaded my world. And number two, I didn't know anything else. That was it. I was completely ignorant. And I knew that I needed all the help I can get. In Acts 2.17, it talks about this promise again. And it says that the Holy Spirit is for your sons, your daughters, for your young men, for your old men, for your servants, for your men servants, And that about covers everybody that could ever be in your house. My point is, is that God is focusing on the promise of the Holy Spirit and he's directly connecting it to your home. Because I don't know about you, but it's Sunday morning coming to church. I don't need a whole lot of help. But back when I'm at the house locked up with mama, baby, I need some help. Back at the house when i got to raise kids, I need some help. Out on a job when I've got to put up with all the things that I have to put up with on Monday morning when I'm at my job, I need help, and you need help. And Jesus knew this, and so he sent the Holy Spirit to help us. Everybody say help. Help. Because you need help at your house. And this promise of the Holy Spirit is so wonderful because he'll do all kinds of things for us and through us. Over in in John 16, it talks about how that he came to to reveal Jesus to us. He'll show us Jesus in things that we didn't know were there. He'll speak truth to us and reveal truth to us. He'll convict us of sin when we're wrong. Why does he do that? So God can punish us? No, so that we can get back on the right way, so that we can enjoy all of the fullness of the blessings of God. He'll talk to us about things to come and about our future. And man, I tell you what, what that is, is an advantage for those of us that enter into a relationship with the Holy Spirit. We have then an advantage that everybody else doesn't have. Why? Because we have this help coming into our life. And you know, when I think about your house, I I think about the creation of your home. I think about back to Genesis chapter 1. And it's a picture of creation of the world, but really the world was created as a habitat for man, so it's really about our house. And Genesis 1.1 says that in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was without form and void. And darkness was on the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. We have this picture Of our home, our world, just being without form and void. But then God begins to speak and the Holy Spirit begins to go and transform that void and that darkness. The commentators call the void the chaos of our home. And I don't know about you, but there's been a lot of times that's how I've identified my home. It's the chaos, baby. I mean, it's like totally out of control. But the Spirit of God would speak, or God would speak, and the Spirit of God would then go to work to bring forth structure out of that chaos. And that's the way it works today. I I tell people all the time, your home, basically, when you come into a relationship and you get married or you start your home, basically what you have is you have a foundation and a big old pile of lumber, and you get to build whatever you want. You get to go to work and build those things. And the Holy Spirit's here to help us build those things because you know if you think about your house if you think about your house your house has an atmosphere it has an atmosphere around it jesus knew about this and he said there's it's up there on is it up there luke chapter 10 verse 5 he says but whatever house you enter into first say peace to this house and if the son of peace is there then your peace will rest upon it Jesus said, you know, your house has an atmosphere, and you can tell what that atmosphere is. And did you know the atmosphere of your home is made up by the attitudes of the people that live there? It is. It's made up of the attitudes of the people that live there. You can have an attitude of peace about your house, and it'll it'll just affect everything about the atmosphere of your home. You can have an attitude of confusion about it. And really what makes the difference in all of this is what you say about your house. I can remember one time... Sherry and I, we've been married. We'll celebrate our 32nd wedding anniversary on December 19th. And it's our second go-round at marriage because we got married and got divorced. So we've actually been married 35 years, but we don't count those years that we were married first. We were married three years, got divorced, then got remarried and gave our lives to Jesus and started over again 32 years ago. But when we came to the Lord and we started... Thank you. I appreciate that. When we came to the Lord... You know, I mean we just we got saved and Jesus invaded our world, but we were still the same, Jimmy and Sherry. I mean we just had the same learned behaviors, and the one thing that we really knew how to do well with each other was fight. I mean we could fight, we could throw down, it was it was unbelievable. And I can remember one day I came home from work, I pulled in the driveway in my nineteen sixty-one Dodge Dart slant six four-door. And I'm sitting there in the drive facing the house and I don't want to go in there because I know that there's a mad woman in that house and I'm scared. (laughs) And I'm sitting there and I'm thinking, man, I'm tired of fighting. I'm tired of the chaos. I'm tired of the confusion. And I don't know what to do. And all of a sudden I... I, I find myself with my hands sticking out and pointing my finger at that house and I start speaking some words. I didn't know what I was doing, but I was operating in the gifts, the gift of the Holy Spirit, the gift of prophecy. And I stuck my finger out at that house and I said, the peace of God lives in that house. And those people that live in that house, they're people that are ruled by the peace of God. And that house has a testimony for the peace it possesses. Hmm. I didn't know what I was doing, but I was allowing the helper, the Holy Spirit, to speak through my life and prophesy into my world and watch Him go to work to raise up out of the chaos the form and structure that needed to be in our home. God wants the Holy Spirit to be active in your life when you walk out these doors today. When you go home, I want you to think about your house and the atmosphere of your home and the attitude that you have concerning your home. And I want you to just listen. And here, if God won't say or speak a word to you that you need to speak to your house and declare over your world. I can remember, man, needing help raising kids. Anybody here need help raising kids? It's like, you know, Sherry and I, Jason was born when we were 19 years old. And I tell everybody, I didn't raise Jason. We just grew up together. and uh, And so I needed some help, man. And I can remember Jason... When he was a little boy, he started to manifest an iniquity, a sin that was in my family. My family, they were a bunch of hypochondriacs. I mean, if you they saw somebody on TV that was sick, they got it. You know, I mean, and it was a bad deal. And Jason started to manifest that, and I was concerned about it, and I wanted to know what to do to keep that from visiting him and going on down through his heritage, and one day I was at the house working and I had a stomach ache. and I went to the medicine cabinet, got some Alka-Seltzer, did a plop, plop, fizz, fizz and drank it down. Everything was fine, but it wasn't just a few minutes. Jason was doubled up in the floor with a stomach ache, And I was thinking, you know, I don't want to break this spirit. I, want, I don't want this thing in my home. And I thought, you know, I was in there looking at him and I thought, I had a word of knowledge. He's faking I said, Jason, buddy, what's the matter? He goes, oh, Dad, I'm just so, my stomach's so upset. He goes, I I need Alka-Seltzer. It's like, okay. So we started upstairs, and I had a word of wisdom, a gift of the the Spirit. I had a word of wisdom. We got up there. I grabbed an Alka-Seltzer out, broke it in half, and said, okay, buddy, open up. He goes, you mean I don't get any water? I said, no, son, as sick as you are, you need this straight. And he stood there foaming at the mouth. <laughs> and if he were here today, he'd tell you he's never had another Alka-Seltzer in his life. He's 34. And I'm here to tell you, he never had a problem with that spirit. The Holy Spirit wants to help you at home. Save my house. I can remember when Amanda, our daughter, was growing up. She was about eight years old, and she started copping this attitude that was jacking with the atmosphere of my home. Kids, man, they'll jack up the atmosphere of your house real quick. And Amanda started doing this thing. She started having this manifestation. Anytime anybody would tell her no, she'd do two things. First, she'd, she'd put her hand on her hip and stick her hip out and start shaking her leg and go, oh, huh. It's like messing with the piece. Or then she'd just, you'd tell her no, and she'd just stomp down the hall all the way to her bedroom and wham and slam the door. And we'd have one of those manifestations one day, and I was kicked back in the Lazy Boy with the Scepter of Dominion, and it was messing with the peace in the home. And I thought, oh, man, I I can either get down to her level and go start yelling and screaming, or I can just sit here and wait and listen, and maybe the Lord will speak a word to me. And I got up and went down to her bedroom, and I said, Amanda, baby, I can tell you're having a problem with the word no. And I just want you to know that I know that you're having a problem with the word no. And so from now on, we're going to start practicing the word no. You're going to have everything taken care of. Everything's going to be okay. And, and, you know, you deserve to be told yes, but because you need to practice, I'm going to tell you no. And so we started doing that. And she was failing miserably, but all of a sudden, out of nowhere, she got it. And one week, she wanted to go to this overnight, stay at a friend's house on Friday night, a bunking party. And I knew it was a big deal, but she hadn't asked me yet. And Friday night, I came home from work. She goes, Dad, can I go over to Wendy's house to this bunking party? And I said, nope. And her eyes got big and filled with tears. And she quietly walked down the hall to her bedroom and calmly closed the door and laid down on her bed and started to cry. Then I heard another word from the Lord. Her mother talked to me. And Amanda got to go to the monkey party. So I wanted to share this message with you today to get you to start thinking. Now, don't you go home and tell your kids you're going to practice. No, that was my word from the Lord. You get your own word from the Lord. But just be open to receive the gifts of the Spirit. Be open to enter into a relationship with the Holy Spirit that works in life. Listen, Jesus came to give us life. Everything related to the things of God are about life and are life-giving. Which means they work in life across the board. If it doesn't work in life outside of these doors, then I question its validity if it only works inside of here. We need to be able to take Jesus who is in us out to the world and present him to the world. Because he is Emmanuel. He is God with us. He is the hope of glory. Christ in you, the hope of glory. He is on our side. So who can be against us? What trouble can stand up against us with God for us, God in us, and God with us? So I wanted you to realize that today when you go home, here's the do of this word, and then I'm gonna quit. Here's the do of this word. When you go home today and you pull into your house, I want you to just think about the atmosphere that you've created in that home. Is it calm? Is it confusion? Is it peace? Is it chaos? And I want you to just listen. You men especially, I want you to just listen. And I want you to I want you to listen and, and Listen for a word from God. Listen for a confession that you can make. This whole thing about ain't skirt on this guy's tie—you know what that's about? That's about me fighting the battle that I, one of the strongest battles I've ever fought this year, with fear. And that's my confession. That's my prophetic declaration to say, I'm not going to bow to fear. I'm not scared. I'm not going to let that dictate my life and my future. And you can get a word from God just like that. One of the most powerful things that I ever, I've ever done in my relationship with Sherry. I'm not like a real, a real devotional kind of guy, but one of the most powerful things that I ever did in my relationship with Sherry is when I officed outside of the home. We'd get up in the morning, we'd have a cup of coffee together. It'd be time for me to go to work, and I'd, you know, I'd walk over to hug her. And I'd hold her in my arms. And I'd, or I'd put my hand on her and I'd say, Father, I ask for your favor and your blessing to be upon my wife today. I ask for peace to be in her heart today. I pray that everything that she does today prospers. I pray that you help her hormones to be in check today when I get home. No, I just take a moment and just... Be the priest of my home. It wouldn't take 15 seconds for me to impart a prophetic word to her over her day. And it was the most natural thing that I think we've ever done as a couple to bring the Spirit of God into our home. And so today when you go home, I want you to think about the atmosphere of your home. I want you to invite the Holy Spirit into this home. I know that Lathan's teaching a class here at this campus on Wednesday night about the Holy Spirit and the gifts of the Spirit. And I want you, you know, be involved in that. Find out why why should you do that. Listen, here's the reason why. People say there's all this controversy around the baptism in the Holy Spirit and all those things. It's like, man, I never understood that. I think my mind's just too simplistic for me to understand all that controversy because here's how I think about it. Look. If deity, Jesus, is saying to me that he's going to send deity to come be with me and help me, it's like, hook me up, dude. I mean, where do I sign up for that deal? You mean, I get, I get the spirit of the Holy Spirit living inside of me whose sole express purpose and mission from God is to help me in life. Sign me up. Come on now. Sign me up for that. So let's pray. Father, I pray for these folks today. Lord, I thank you for this great church, all these great campuses. Lord, I ask for your power, your wisdom, your anointing to visit them. Lord, I pray today that as we go home, Lord, that we would listen and be concerned with the atmosphere and the attitude of our home. And Lord, that we would speak your word concerning. Your will concerning our homes. And Lord, that it would change the atmosphere of our home. It would change the complexion of our lives. Lord, I thank you for these people, Lord. And I thank you, God, that you have given us the ability to not only hear the word, but do the word. And I thank you for it, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Lathan, God bless you all.
0: I want to invite our ushers here at the Bayside campus and then at the campuses in Stevens Point and on the west side and down in the cafe. If you would come as we just prepare for communion this morning and also as the worship teams at the different campuses come back up. But before we partake of communion together, in a few minutes we'll be doing that. We'll be serving communion, have a chance of taking a piece of bread and the cup, the bread that represents the body of Christ that was broken for us, the cup that represents the blood of Jesus that was shed for us. And we're going to be partaking that together. But before we do, I want to share with you and just build a little bit on Jimmy's message today. My question to you is each one of us, where are you in your relationship with God? What is the Holy Spirit saying to you? What is the Holy Spirit saying to you as an individual? The question is not what's the Holy Spirit saying to your wife or your husband, to your parent. That's what the Holy Spirit, what is God saying to your family, but what is God saying to you this morning? Where do you stand in your relationship with God? You see, one of the the most beautiful things and wonderful things about the Holy Spirit is the Holy Spirit is involved in our lives and desires to be involved in our life in every area, like Jimmy has just shared with us. Day by day, not just in a church on a Sunday morning, but throughout the week, 24-7, waking us maybe sometimes in the middle of the night, with dreams and visions and direction and purpose and plan showing us when we to speak when we to be silent but you know it all begins when the Holy Spirit begins to talk to you and nudge you towards salvation towards the time where you come and say God I need you I'm lost without you you see it's the Holy Spirit that is the agent he draws us, he convicts us he helps us to realize that We have sinned. And the Bible says we have all sinned. All. We've all fallen short of God's glory. And it's the Holy Spirit that comes. And some this morning right here at Bayside, right there in Stevens Point, right there on the west side, right down in the cafe. There's some that are sitting there right now and are sensing the Holy Spirit messing with you inside. What he's doing, he's drawing you, he's nudging you. He's helping you realize that you've been on the throne of your life for far too long. And Jesus is wanting to take over. He's wanting to be the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords in your life. And how does that happen? You may say, well, Pastor Latham, what do I need to do? Well, in a few moments, we're going to pray a very simple prayer. I'm going to invite you, invite those at the campuses to repeat this prayer after me. Just a simple prayer. Inviting Jesus to come. In confessing of my sin. A confession of my sin. Basically saying, agreeing with what God says. What does God say about the sin in my life? And confessing that sin. And then repenting of that sin. Repenting means that I turn around. I change my thinking about the way I've been living. And saying, God, I cannot live my life on my own. I cannot live this life. I need you. I need you to come into my life. I need you to cleanse me of my sin. I need to turn around. I need your strength. I need you, Holy Spirit, to walk this life with me. And the Word of God says when we step out in faith, we ask, we receive. When we seek, we find. When we knock, the door is open to us. In a moment, in a moment, we become new creations in Jesus, new people in Jesus. We start a walk with the Holy Spirit living within us, directing us, filling us. That will be a walk that the Bible says, God's word says that all of heaven rejoices when one person comes to salvation. So would you bow your heads with me here and at the campuses as well? And join with me as we just pray this simple prayer. I invite you to pray this prayer after me. And if you're praying this prayer this morning from your heart for the very first time, by faith, God is going to touch you and change your life and bring you into the family of God. Repeat this prayer after me. Dear Lord Jesus. Something in my heart tells me I need you. I now confess my sin and repent of my sin and by faith ask you to come into my life as my personal Savior and my Lord.
1: Amen.